Greetings, and welcome to our 217faith.church service, the church that fits your schedule. In today's message, we like to speak about how when we lose our innocence in life due to sin and, of course, the poor choices that we allow ourselves to make in society as a whole and the negative impact that it has on us and others around us. Please remain with us to learn more. We are so glad to have you at 217faith.church, where we believe in preaching a godly biblical perspective, putting others first, and living out a Christ-like faith in action. We humbly greet you in the name of our Lord, and we hope that you will hear God's word today and be moved to put your own faith to work. Amen. We'd like to direct you to our ministry website, 217faith.church. Dot church, where you may find previous services and other teachings to aid you in your Christian walk. Also there, you will find opportunities to put your faith in action. This month, we invite you to join us in supporting the World Vision's Hunger Food Program as we seek to bring nourishment to those who need it most, those on the fringes of our global society. Through our simple acts of faith and giving, we believe that we can accomplish this. We want to be a part as a church of sharing God's word with all, of sharing the resources that God grants us for the betterment of all of his creation. So please join us today. Give directly on their website to help make a difference in the lives of those who are truly in need. Again, we invite you to visit our ministry website, 217faith.church, for more details on putting your faith into action. Finally, while you are there, don't forget about our resources for helping you through your Christian experience, and more and more are being added consistently. They are available through our ministry website and wherever books are sold. We indeed pray that God will bless your life with the experience of these books all for his honor and for his glory. Amen. Our scripture for today comes from Colossians 2, 4 through 10. And the word of God reads, and this is Paul, Paul speaking to the church. He says, I say this so that no one will deceive you with persuasive arguments. For even though I am absent in body, I am nevertheless with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your orderly manners and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, he says, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, 
just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that there is no one who takes you captive through philosophies and empty deceptions in accordance with human traditions, in accordance with the elementary principles of the world, rather in accordance with Christ, says Paul. For in him, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. And in him, you have been made complete. And he is the head over every ruler and authority. Amen. May God indeed bless each one of us as we study his word today. Have you ever thought about some of the things that we believed as children that we ultimately stopped believing when we grew up? I'm sure you can think of a few in your head, right? We're getting close to Christmas. Santa Claus is probably on that top of that list. The Tooth Fairy, good old Easter Bunny, right? Right and wrong, maybe even consequences. How about magic or even science fiction? I love science fiction. Stop. There is, of course, a danger in believing in these things because once we realize that they are not true, it can cause us to question our belief in God. You see, if mom and dad were the ones giving us the presents all along, then being good sort of loses its appeal. The wonder tends to fade if the tooth fairy is not the one handing out quarters, but it's mom and dad sneaking in at night and putting some change under our pillow. If what we learn as right and wrong has now become reversed, even subjective, then maybe we should question everything, everything we've ever learned. If science fiction has left us wanting, what hope do we have for a better future? Yet, we must never stop believing in the unbelievable or stop wondering what is possible if we hope to survive as a species. You see, when we remove all mystery and try to answer every why, we lose our sense of our venture, our desires to explore and to try to impose the impossible, if you will. But instead, we begin to believe the so-called scientific truth of others, which only drives us further away from our good Heavenly Father, who, as we read, is the source of all righteousness, the source of all good knowledge. A couple of weeks ago, Erica reminded us of the dangers of losing our innocence through the abuses of pornography, of human trafficking, and of selfish behaviors. She invited us to guard our hearts against these evils and to stop participating in our society's passive degradation and the ultimate danger this place in our spiritual maturity and the future residents, our future residents vis-a-vis heaven or hell. Now, there are a few things that most families don't speak about growing up, right? They're sort of a, a taboo, if you will. Uh, family finances is one of them, right? Perhaps this is the case with your family. This is something that both my wife and I grew up with, yet when we had our children, we decided that we were going to be different. And for as long as I can remember, our children have always been a part of most financial decisions our family have made, whether we were buying a home or buying a car or planning a vacation. They were part of the conversation. Instead of keeping those realities from them, we have always felt it to be a better service to their growth, to their own development and understanding, for them to know what things cost and where that money comes from that allows us to pay for those items and those things. Now, because we have not been secretive about the things of the world, we have also attempted to match up Scripture when teaching them about the lies and the misgivings of this world. 
The simple truth is that sin leads to the very loss of innocence that we are discussing here today. Most recently, it is, it is all over the news, all over, all over our society, right? We are surrounded by the lies of sexuality, the incorrect practices of some, and the even worse extent that some have gone to in denying their true selves. From those that, that mutilate their bodies to the perverts that want to teach our youngest children about the sins of transgenderism and even attempt to give them hormone blockers to begin transforming their bodies at a younger age without parental knowledge. I heard it described the other day in one of those silly political ads as kids who just want to be themselves. That is baloney. That is adults imposing their twisted views on children and robbing them of their innocence. Warning adults, Jesus is clear as to what will happen to those who hurt his children. Something about a millstone wrapped around their head and thrown over the edge of a cliff. It's harsh, but it's the truth. To even those, of course, even so-called progressive Christians who debate the validity of a homosexual lifestyle, a homosexual life, even though scripture clearly refuses it. To the outright audacity of some so-called Catholic politicians who believe that God accepts murder in the form of abortion. And this is an okay choice. Man, the devil is at work, my friends. Remember, even the devil doesn't make us do anything. But what he does is he perverts truth, confuses us, and still right becomes wrong. And then we make the wrong choices. No wonder scripture refers to those behaviors as an abomination, a corruption of what God has intended. Yet this is also true with those who proclaim my body, my choice regarding the topic of abortion. They believe that they have the right to end a human life many times because of poor choices. So they hide behind the fabricated excuses of women's health when the truth is much more shallow and selfish than that. God commands is do not murder. Not it's okay to do so if you lack self-control. Of course. When it comes to actual situations brought upon by sin, behaviors like incest and rape, of which less than 1% of abortions are attributed to these terrible acts. Yes, I will stand with you and we can have a conversation about abortion in those situations. But together with that, I will and you need to understand that we're still supporting murder of an individual. For it is what is required of such abominations. Why not come up with a real law? This supports murder in a way rather than giving a blank check to end life for any reason whatsoever. After all, as a society, we support, support murder in the forms of wars and, and capital punishment. I'm okay with those two things if it protects my way of living, if it means our protection for our nation and our people. For those that commit rape and incest, it is, uh, uh, and it is proven. I mean, not just a woman that has consensual sex and then gets pregnant and changes her mind about the baby and falsely accuses a man of these unthinkable acts. No, let's prove it. Then yes, we can end that life instead of attempting to rehabilitate them. And I'm talking about those who committed the, the crime. They took innocence, and so they must die. If abortion is needed to save the mother's life due to cancer or, or an accident, then okay, let's talk about these minimal cases. But be specific, not broad, for in the broadness of our choices and the demand of this broadness, we lose our innocence. Friends, never water down the fact that we are killing innocence through any of these processes. 
We've all done things perhaps that we regret in moments of lacks of self-control. When we drank too much or, or took a situation too far. But murder must never be a society's automatic go-to outcome to a poor sexual choice. The way the media makes it sound is that everybody out there is being raped and incest. No, less than 1%. Self-defense, yes. To eliminate evil, absolutely. To protect the innocent by all means. Yet never forget our responsibility, our primary responsibility to life. Tell me what is so privileged about this way of thinking anyways that allows a person to choose to end a life while the child is in the inside of the woman's body. Yet once the baby is out, all of a sudden this baby is protected. After all, if I kill my newborn child because I no longer feel I want to raise it, it is too heavy of a burden to carry in my life. I didn't really plan for it. I would certainly go to jail. So why when the baby's born is illegal, but how we can kill it all the way up to nine months in the mother's womb? This culture's permission to end life after the month of birth has made it legal to murder another individual, yet we have been fooled. This is part of losing our innocence when we believe the enemy's lies and put personal pleasure above life. Life. What a joke, right? We spend countless resources finding or trying to find the existence of life in dead rocks in space, looking for the beginning of life in our endless expanding universe and refuse to acknowledge the complex individuals that are incubated in the wombs of humanity right here on earth. The ability for two cells to come together and combine their DNA and create a unique life form thousands and millions and billions of times over. No, we look outward hoping to find E.T., yet refuse to see the gift of life that God gives us within. And all these many physical disgusting behaviors that humans commit, not just by sinners, but by those so, uh, supporters, again, by so-called progressive Christians who will have a lot to answer when the Lord's return. I am convinced of that. I believe they will be the ones that will say, but Lord, we serve you. And they will be told, I never knew you. Father, help that it may not be me. You know, no wonder society deems it acceptable for a child to grow up in a one-parent home, missing out on the needs and the influence of a father and a mother. No wonder many on the extreme left are trying to perverse God's creation by denying the simple biological fact of what a man and a woman are just to appease evil. Society increasingly finds it acceptable for a person to, to steal and to take from others if it means that they need it. When does stealing become legal? Yet all you have to do is go look at some of our more liberal cities. Many politicians around this great nation of us refuse to prosecute these crimes. These also erodes our sense of innocence. It corrupts our actions and poisons our future. When doctors can perform medical procedures to physically change a person's gender, removing organs and reshaping others, this is not only brutality, but it's a denial of God's perfect creation. Imagine the pot telling the potter, you made me wrong. You did not create me as I identified. It is barbaric and it is insulting to life. Just because you can do something doesn't always mean that you should do it. 
and to force this thinking on children whose bodies have not yet fully been developed. It is an outright abuse and it should be treated as such. Once again, the scriptures clearly define the judgment that awaits those who harms a child. Better that a milestone, millstone be tied around their heads and be dropped into the depths of the sea than what awaits them. A well-known leftist comedian recently said, thank God that when I was a child and wanted to be a pirate, thank God that my parents did not take me to a doctor to remove one of my legs so that I could have a, a cool peg leg or remove and pluck one of my eyes so that I could wear a cool pirate's patch. Of course not. Children don't know what they want at that age. It is our job to raise them. He says children don't know what they want when they are kids, otherwise the world will be full of cowboys and princesses, which might not be a bad thing. No difference in trying to shape a child's sexuality based on an adult's thought process. It is barbaric. Our loss of innocence has been lost, cost us to lose our respect for God's commands. Like many sinners who have come before us to think that scriptural warnings are not reality. They're simple, mythological in nature and in purpose. That's a heck of a gamble, my friends, for anyone to take. No, I take God's word as literal instruction of what our behavior should be like. And our reverence for a holy God should be the deciding factor for how we live our lives on this earth. The moment we begin to interpret God's word, that's when we get ourselves in trouble. Interpret it based on what God has done and what he said he would do. Nothing else. If all these corruptions on our sexuality are biological, as some ridiculously claim, then why does it seem to be area-specific? It always comes from leftist-ran cities and states. It is a true biological adaptation. Then why does the media and politicians and misguided individuals feel the need to influence it? If it's biological, then it should happen naturally, not forced by people. But wait, that's because biology doesn't matter to some of these people if it gets in the way of their corrupted thinking, of their evil agendas and their actions. Yes, yet as we lose our innocence and forfeit that of our children, we allow these heinous acts to continue and they must stop. Yet, friends, sadly, this is nothing new. In Scripture, we know that God decided to destroy the earth through a global flood because every intent of man's heart was towards evil. As God established the nation of Israel, he wanted them to not be corrupted by the nations around it. Nations who gave into their human desires of prostitution and sodomy and murder for any reason. Nations who sold their children into slavery and even murdered them in empty sacrifices to false gods. How many countless lives have we ended just because we lack self-control? I do pray that God will have mercy on us. Friends, as humans, we have lost our way. We have forfeited our innocence as we have been fooled by wrong teachings, by foolish desires, masqueraded as truth. And as a result, we are but wanderers in this beautiful world merely justifying horrific sinful behavior for choice or right, discussing other malicious activity and downright wrong actions with opportunities and human rights and social justice and healthcare insights. They're all lies. doesn't matter what organization they come from. 
It's all a load of crock, a complete fabrication of truth to misguide us and ultimately control us. The devil is hard at work, my friends. What he did with Adam and Eve, how he deceived and misguided them and caused them to lose their innocence. Their simple faith in a benevolent and righteous God is exactly what he's doing in the lives of human beings today. A set of choices from Adam and Eve that set humanity on a path of sin, a path of perdition from which we are still trying to recover today, but sins that we still commit today. And so it is a recovery that is only possible through the gift of salvation that Jesus offers on the cross. Salvation made possible only through repentance, meaning turning away from our sin and no longer doing those things that we have mentioned that are wrong. We can dig a little deeper into some of these known grievous lies. Your body, your choice. We've heard this one, right? Well, in Scripture, we learn that our bodies are not our own, but they are the temple of God. So no, you do not get to deface and change and abort or sacrifice it without consequences. There is no imperfection. Apart from what society tells us, you are made as intended. It's not yours to change or discard. One day, the maker of our bodies, the creator of all things, will require an explanation as to why we felt that it was our right to change it, to dismiss his already perfect design. God does not make mistakes, my friends, and our sinful nature leads us to think that our choices are good, our choices are better, that they're intentional, that they're righteous, when in reality, it is all a perversion of God's truth. God's truth also teaches us that there was one man who surrendered his innocence so that those who truly deserve punishment, you and I, could, he could receive it on our behalf so that we could be forgiven. Talk about mercy and grace. Talk about the true meaning of our body, our choice. Jesus gave up his body for our sake, not for a selfish behavior, but for a selfless behavior. There is a choice that we have, and that is to do wrong and to expect no consequences. But on the other hand, we have the choice to choose to do what is right, to protect life, to allow children to be children without seeking to corrupt their thinking or their future. We can choose to do what is right and retain our innocence by believing that God created all things and created us just the way we are. He did not make a mistake. He did not make us one way on the outside and a different way in our minds. This is a corruption of his mercy and his grace. These are human excuses that we make so we can do what we want, rather what God is calling us to do. Even when we do not look like the world demands, we remain God's children. But when we corrupt our innocence and stop believing in his ultimate goal for us, we run the risk of forfeiting our eternity with him. Again, our choice, not him's. My friends, in the Bible, we are reminded that there is nothing new under the sun. We only think that these are new ideas that we're wrestling with in these days. But remember, we read earlier from the Apostle Paul warning the church in Colossus. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophies and empty deceptions according to human tradition, according to the elementary principles of the world. But he says, but rather be taken in in accordance with Christ. It sounds like our society today, doesn't it? 
Our apostle Paul, apostle Peter also warns us, uh, he says, remain sober and vigilant because the adversary, the devil is walking amongst us, seeking the spiritual weak that wants to make excuses rather than have faith so that he may devour them. So don't let him perverse your thinking. That is the enemy. And don't allow his lies to ruin your life or the lives of your children or the children around you. When we lose our innocence, then the world cruelly will lead us to make terrible choices. All for the sake of freedom or rights. Yet wrong is wrong and it is never right. Not in any content. And so you see, some will still... Uh, be misguided and misguide God's plan for humanity. They will claim that God is love and he loves the sinner. And while that is true, his love does not mean that he approves of a sinful behavior. Remember the story of the so-called adulterous woman, how the self-righteous religious groups of the day and the lost sinners of the day attempted to point away from their lack of mercy and grace, from their own sinful behaviors and unfair practices and showcase for Jesus, a woman caught in the act of adultery. By the way, where was the man? I've been married 21 years, and last time I checked, it takes two to tangle in adultery, if you will. But their iniquities did not allow them to bring the man in as well, as it did not fit their lies and their misguided narrative, doesn't it? Wow, doesn't that sound like our media and government these days? Everything they accuse one side of doing is the same thing that they are doing, right? But instead, these people wanted to trap Jesus and they were willing to lie, to dismiss and to omit to f the full story to make their perverse point. They wanted Jesus to enact the consequence of the law, which was to stone this woman. But he turns the tables on them. He actually agrees with them at first and says, you're right. He who has no sin, cast the first stone. See, they were merely trying to point out the woman's poor choice while ignoring the plethora of wrong choices that they possess, not only individually, but as a crowd. Then slowly the scripture says that the mod began to break up and Jesus asked the woman, where have your accusers gone? And when she acknowledged that they were not there, Jesus said, I do not judge you. But he also did not simply accept her sinful behavior. In fact, he commanded her to go and sin no more. He cared more about saving her eternal soul and saving her, 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 and for her to repent and change her sinful actions rather than to pass judgment on the moment. Yes, she was in the wrong, but Jesus' forgiveness says, just stop. Don't do it anymore. He alone could have done the worst. He alone could have stoned her. But he doesn't do that. And so today he asks us the same thing. Just stop. Begin afresh. Friends, fornication, fornication is sin. Homosexuality and transgenderism are sin. Abortion is murder. That is sin. And the only way around them is to repent and to stop doing it. In love and grace, Jesus gave her a way to rectify her past. And from that moment on, to live her life differently from the world around her. The same call that God's love still requires of every single individual. Go and sin no more. Not because I love you, although he does. And, and because I love you, it's okay for you to carry on living a sinful life. No. Choices always have consequences. And when we allow our innocence to be replaced by the lies of the enemy, we lose a lot more than our ability to wonder, to dream, and to hope for a better future. But instead, 
We must put ourselves on a direct course that will cause us to clash against God's commandments of faith and hope. His commandments against murder and selfish behavior. And if we don't repent from those things, then we will pay the consequence. But my friends, there is still time to correct, to repent, to go in a different direction. If we can come to trust in a benevolent God and not our own perceived self-actuated or highly developed sense of superiority. Humans, we are an amazing bunch. In our scripture for today, we were reminded not to allow ourselves to be led astray with persuasive arguments to disregard the goodness of God and our faith in Jesus. You see, faith will guide us in difficult situations, especially when they are brought upon us due to our poor choices. Our faith can bring us back to the right place. Do not be captivated by human perceptions and perversions and ideologies. Instead, be transformed by the power of God alive in us because of the acts of love that God carried out on behalf on our behalf on the cross. Don't take political sides. Take life side. Take the vote with your conscience. Take care of the people that need to be taken care of and stop being selfish. Our job as Christians is not to discover new loopholes, to get around sin and to invent new terrible ways to disobey God's commands as as, as some of our Catholic politicians or, or, or liberal Christians tend to think. Abortion is murder. Transgenderism is child abuse. Homosexuality is a perversion of God's truth, His perfect plan for the human race. Repent rather then try to change the minds of others. Walk away from poor choices and sin no more as Jesus has called us to do. Seek to stabilize your faith in God and live in gratitude for what he has done for us. That's the hope that we have in this life, that even as we have made or have made and are making poor choices, even terrible ones, unthinkable choices, that we can always come back to our loving Father and get back on the right track according to His plan for our lives. The choice is always ours, but it is only one choice, Jesus. After all, He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. No other way but the Jesus way. God's way for us. Lord, help us to walk in the right way, to repent of our past and present sins, no matter what terrible things we may have done, please forgive us. And help us from now on to live according to your goodwill rather than the lies of the world. Help us to take those things off of us. Please help us as your followers to be champions for the weak, to protect the innocent, to be proclaimers of your truth, Not the misguided truth and perversions of the world, but the truth based on your word and your action. Forgive me, Lord, when I've gone astray. Help me to turn around and to live my life according to your will, through your grace and love. Please help us to rescue those that continue to deny your truth. May we do it with kindness and love and with faithful actions to stop the corruption of our sinful leaders in our society. Have mercy, we pray, God, as we seek to live right for you each and every day, that you may use us for your honor and glory. Lord, for we ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus, our Savior, our perfect human example. Amen and amen.
We are so grateful to have had you join us in our service today. And we pray that you will be motivated to put your faith in God into action. So would you please visit our website, 217faith.church, or as you watch us here on YouTube or on Facebook and Twitter, please help us to spread the word uh, by liking, by sharing, by by hitting that notification button below there so you can uh, help us to spread God's word. You see, personally, God's calling humbles us in our lives to preach his message of hope and love and of invitation. And so we ask you to join us so that together we can reach more who surely need a welcoming word of grace from God today. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his face to you and grant you peace. So until next time, go in the full assurance that God loves us. Yes, even a sinner like me, but he does not love sin. The sin of disobedience, which goes against God's perfect plan, a plan that he intended to bring us closer to him and not drive us away from him, caused by our selfishness, our misbehavior, and our disbelief. God's plan is good. It is perfect. It needs no correction from us. So trust in that and go live your life accordingly. May God bless you.